In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 2008, when the economic recession was just beginning toward the end of the year, there was a very memorable Saturday Night Live sketch uh, starring Kenan Thompson, who's still on the show. Uh, He was on the, the fake news, the weekend update, which at that time was still hosted by Seth Meyers. And Keenan was playing a financial expert with something to say about the economic downturn. And uh, the character's name was Oscar Rogers. And Seth Meyers, who's hosting the show, uh, says to him, Hi, Oscar. Good to see you. Uh, Thanks for coming. Now, we all know that our current economic situation has left every American fearful of what's in store. And then he asks him, Oscar, do you see any light at the end of the tunnel? And now Keenan Thompson playing Oscar Rogers says, Well, Seth, there was a light, but it's broken, and somebody needs to crawl down to the end of that tunnel and fix it. And he, and they, and he asks him to clarify, What do you mean by fix it? And repeatedly he says, What they need to do is just fix it. And he pounds the, the counter in front of him repeatedly at every turn, just saying, Fix it. And at the very end of the sketch, uh, again, Asking for clarification, Seth Myers says, but how do we go about fixing it specifically? And Oscar Rogers responds, take it one step at a time. Identify the problem, fix it. Identify another problem, fix it. And he's pounding the repeat as necessary until it's all fixed. Well, I thought that was funny. You can... somebody to simply take the situation by the horns and for the love of God, just fix it. Well, Oscar Rogers' philosophy is actually the predominant philosophy of the world, if you think about it that way. So he's not too far off. Uh, A couple months ago, we had Bishop uh, Michael Nazar Ali here to speak with us at an event at Cranmer House. Uh, And he was talking about Islam because he's an expert and uh, we're especially concerned right now with the situation with ISIS in the Middle East. And he said to us something that I will always remember. He said, you have to understand that the difference between Islam and Christianity is that Islam is a religion that is based on the idea of grasping for power. Uh, seeking power, attaining it, and holding on to it. That it is a, a religion of strength. And on the other hand, Christianity is a religion of weakness, one of letting go, one of death to the situation, as it were. And he said that that has something to do with what's happening right now with ISIS. But I don't want to get into that. What I want to say is that actually what Bishop Nazar Ali was setting up for us is a helpful um, dichotomy for understanding the difference between Christianity on the one hand and everything else. On the other hand, that it's not just a dichotomy for understanding the difference between Islam and Christianity, but a paradigm for understanding Christianity versus everything else. Or you might just say the way of God in Christ and everything else. There's a a book that I much like about the parables 
in the Gospels that's written by an Episcopal priest who's now unfortunately deceased named Robert Farrar Capon. And the book is called Kingdom, Grace, and Judgment. I want to read to you an excerpt from this book. And he's setting up a helpful paradigm for understanding what I'm talking about, where he talks about uh, power and strength as, as, as right-handed power. The, the, the way of Oscar Rogers, the fix-it mentality is right-handed power, is what he says, a grasping uh, for the solution. Uh, or he might say straight-line power is what he calls it here and what I'm about to read. And on the other hand, there is left-handed power, which is paradoxical. And difficult for us to understand because it takes a a meandering left curve toward the back door of the human heart in order to get things done. And that seems inefficient and actually ineffective and and a lot of the times seems to not work at all. And that's why we take often the right-handed fix-it approach. And let me read to you what uh, Capon says about this. But such a paradoxical exercise of power, please note, is 180 degrees away from the straight line or right-handed variety. It is to introduce a phrase from Luther, left-handed power. Unlike the power of the right hand, which interestingly enough is governed by the logical, plausibility-loving left hemisphere of the brain, left-handed power is guided by the more intuitive, open, and imaginative right side of the brain. Left-handed power, in other words, is precisely paradoxical power. Power that looks for all the world like weakness. Intervention that seems indistinguishable from non-intervention. More than that, it is guaranteed to stop no determined evildoer whatsoever. It might, of course, touch and soften their hearts. But then again, it might not. It certainly didn't for Jesus. And if you decide to use it, you should be quite clear that it probably won't for you either. The only thing it does ensure is that you will not, even after after your chin has been bashed in, have made the mistake of closing any interpersonal doors from your side. Well, I bring up all this about Oscar Rogers and what Nazar Ali said to us about Islam and what uh, uh, Capon is saying about the distinguishing uh, nature of uh, the right hand versus the left hand with power because I think it relates to Palm Sunday. I'm especially interested today in the sort of paradox or irony of the quote-unquote triumphant entry of the quote-unquote king of the world. And this uh, left-handed power is symbolized for us in the donkey on which the new Davidic king arrives. You might sum it all up in a contrast between strength on the right hand and weakness on the left hand, or power versus humility. Or you could call that weakness or humility something like acquiescence to the wills of the world, submission to humanity. In short, the new king, the long-expected Davidic king coming back into the city of David, is choosing not a war horse, which would have been expected. You know, what, do you, what comes to your mind if a king is making a triumphant arrival? You might think in our day and age, uh, someone with an army and much machinery. At that time, they would have imagined a king to arrive in power on a war horse. And instead, our king arrives 
on a lowly donkey. Just as our, our song that we've just sung says, lowly pomp. Well, how has the, uh, the path of the warhorse been true in your life? What's it been like for you when you've chosen the warhorse or the right-hand approach to power? In our day and age, you might think of the idea of control. Everybody's kind of a control freak nowadays. Where do you seek control? What are you trying, like Oscar Rogers, to fix? Just fix it, for the love of God. For me, I can tell you with all honesty that it usually has something to do with my two daughters, or secondarily maybe with my wife, where there's something going on that I don't like, uh, and I want to maintain control, especially in the household, and you know, to the count of three, <laughs> stop doing that. Why do they always like tap, you know, and then you ask them to stop making some sort of noise and they, they just sort of amplify it. It's like the more you ask them to stop, the more the tapping and volume increases. And I'm trying to constantly control a situation like this. And if, if it all else fails, you know, I'll physically remove them from the living room and put them in their own room. Uh, and that might, for a little while, kind of control the situation in terms of the, the volume and my sanity. But um, I've noticed in the long run it doesn't actually work. You know, they're still, <laughs> they're, they're still making the noise, you know, every day. Um, and sometimes it leads to resentment um, in the interpersonal relationship. Whereas on the other hand, the left-handed paradoxical approach, the loving approach, the grace-based approach is inefficient. But as Capon says, interpersonally at least, on your end, you can be sure that it won't uh, lead to resentment at least caused by you. And so where could you, you know, in your life, rely on left-handed power? Or as Christ called it, the way of the cross, instead of going for the straight-line approach? Well, praise God that he chooses the left hand, or the backdoor approach with us, in terms of all humanity. And don't get me wrong, if you read the Bible, it's certain that he has at times, God has at times taken the straight line approach to just fix it. The Oscar Rogers approach. The typical story of this that comes to mind, of course, is the flood with Noah, where God did try to fix it with the flood to wipe away the filth. But an interesting thing happens after the flood, God tells Noah, I will never again curse the ground because of man. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. So he seems to have realized after the flood, after the right-handed approach to, to solving the issues with humanity, that this approach will not change hearts. That it's actually in the long run not going to solve the problem. And so when it comes to Holy Week... At the beginning, with the quote-unquote triumphant entry, during that week where he would rescue all of the world, instead of choosing the path of the warhorse, he chooses the path of the donkey. Or let's just go ahead and use the word jackass to rescue the world. Last week, I was uh, taking a drive, and I was on I-59 up north of here, and as I was driving, I saw roadkill on my left-hand side in the center of the road. And it was a, I've never seen this before. It was a dead donkey. 
and I was preparing this week for preaching to you this Sunday, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's just like a, a providential image for me to work on uh, this week. I've never seen a dead donkey in roadkill. I don't know how it got there. It must have been like on the back of a truck or something. But, but aside all of that, it's an image of what would happen at the cross. <laughs> it's, it's an image, if you, if you equate Jesus with the, the lowly beast of burden on which he arrived in Jerusalem, that image of the dead roadkill donkey is profound for what's happening here this week. And to all the world, he does look like a dead jackass. But this was God exercising his power. And I'm going to end by just reading the next paragraph to you out of this book, Kingdom, Grace, and Judgment. (coughs) This power may not at first glance seem like much of a thing to ensure, let alone like an exercise worthy of the name of power. But when you come to think of it, it is power. So much power, in fact, that it is the only thing in the world that evil can't touch. God in Christ died for giving. With the dead body of Jesus, he wedged open the door between himself and the world and said, There, just try and get me to take that back. Amen.